Welcome to Real Estate Investing Abundance, the show for busy, fulfilled professionals like you to learn how to develop financial independence built on solid, passive real estate investments. Now, here is your host, Dr. Alan Lomax. Hello, enlightened investors. It is a joy to be back with you again today. I'm your host, Dr. Alan, with our guest, Francesca Apostolo. Let's explore the power of leveraging real estate to enhance our financial well-being. Francesca is from Westchester County, New York, where she lives with her husband and two beautiful children. Francesca has been a school teacher for 23 years. She has been investing in real estate since 2002. Francesca and her husband realized the power of real estate after purchasing their first home, rehabbing, and leveraging it to acquire their first investment property. Francesca is currently partnered in over 150 units and actively looking to acquire properties in the Southeast. Her goal is to educate and help others learn how they can create passive income through real estate investing. She enjoys spending time with her family, traveling, the beach, and lending a helping hand. Francesca, before we get into real estate, Share a memorable experience from your formative years that helped you to be who you are today. First, I want to say thank you so much for having me, Dr. Allen. And yeah, so I want to get into my story on how I got started in my formative years, what influenced me. And so as a college student, I decided, I, you know, I went into teaching and education, but I decided that I wanted to get my real estate license. So I did. I got my real estate license and I became a rental agent within my local business in my area. But not only did I become a rental agent, I also loved the architecture of buildings, of properties. And so I would spend my time sometimes in Barnes and Nobles looking in the magazine section of all the and looking at the home magazines and looking at the different trends and, and the different architecture. So that I, so I love every aspect. Of real estate, whether it was selling or renting or even, you know, interior design. So with that said, when I did end up getting married and we were looking for our own home, I remember telling my husband, I want a fixer upper. And so, you know, we told the broker, find us the ugly house in a nice neighborhood. And so I'll never forget it was a September day and it was a beautiful fall day and we're driving to this home and we pull up. And the house is pink. <laughs> and, and so it had overgrown bushes and had overgrown trees, probably since the seventies. They've never touched it because it was a 1978 home. And um, I will never forget there was flower boxes in the window with weeds growing out, but that was okay because it looked pretty nice from the outside as far as structure, structural and the property was amazing. So it's something you can never change on a property is it's actual land. We go in and the house is dated. It's from the 1970s. The bathrooms are lime green. The basement area, because it was a raised ranch. So the basement area was all wood panels, dark. I mean, you wouldn't want to go down there. But it was perfect. It had great bones. So that was my first experience with real estate and being able to rehab it. And do it all on our own. So my husband put a lot of sweat equity into it. So with that, that was my first experience with creating something that was not so nice to something that became beautiful in our home. 
Was that the first home you actually leveraged to purchase commercial real estate or have you gone on from there? Yeah. So that was our first time of leveraging to buy our single property that we, mm-hmm. we rented. And it wasn't a rental because we wanted to be. It was an accidental rental. So we bought a property back in 2006 in Florida as a vacation place to go to. And it was being built in 2006. So we didn't close till 2007. And so we utilized it for a couple of years. But then my kids, we had kids, they started to get a little older and we we didn't use it as much. So we decided let's rent it. But even renting it at the time, it wasn't creating any cash flow. So this is where we got a little bit of schooling on how you can leverage something else that you have in real estate that you've created equity in. And so what was that? It was our home. And the reason why we had to leverage our home was because we needed to bring down our interest rate, which we had in Florida. We we closed in 2007, which was six and a half percent. And it was really high back then to that. I think now I want to say it's like 2010, maybe down to three and a half percent. So there was really no other way for us to do it but to leverage our home. So we did that. So we leveraged our home, we cashed out refied, and we brought our interest rate down to three and a half percent. So now we saw how we could cash flow. And so we're renting it, we're cash flowing. So we had proof of concept. So we learned quickly what your property can do for you and create a cash flow for yourself. It's interesting how people in the real estate industry take very different routes of getting there. And it's always a little bit surprising, I think, to a lot of real estate investors that once they make that first rental property, it always comes back as, I think, a bit of a surprise that, hey, there is actually money that can come from this. And Mm -hmm. talk to us about those early experiences when you were doing your taxes. Was that a big surprise? Oh, was that? <laughs> so as we're moving along in our careers, you know, we started, we're both W-2 workers. So we started to make more money, but it didn't really stay in our pockets. It was the more money we made, the more we had to pay in tax. Even though we had two kids and we were saving for retirement. And we were, so we we're maxing out our retirement. We we're maxing out our children's college plan, but there wasn't much left. So we would try to maybe get more jobs, work on the weekend. You know, I helped my dad in his business. My husband worked more hours. And it was just like we were on the hamster wheel and we couldn't get off. So we dabbled in stocks and stuff like that. But then it was like, okay, you made money. Now you got to go pay more tax. So, so we were like, what else can we do that's, that can create us more cash flow? And it was this mistake that we, well, I don't want to say it was a mistake, but we became accidental landlords that was, had a tax advantage. And so when we would do our taxes, this, this rental property that we had was giving us a tax advantage. So a light bulb went off and said, how can we do this multiple times? Yeah, we could buy multiple single family homes, but it's going to take us a long time. So how can we do this multiple times? And so we decided, let's educate ourselves on what others are doing and how they're doing it at a bigger scale. So we listened to podcasts, we listened to audibles, we read books, but it wasn't until like we wanted to be able to take action because you can only absorb so much content, but then eventually you need to take action. So success leaves clues, right? So we decided let's get a mentor and let's let them help us 
let's rip off and duplicate what they're doing and get there quicker. So when we became part of this program, mentorship, we met amazing people that were doing it, who has been, who did it, who's been doing it for a long time, who just got started. But we said, why don't we leverage those that are doing it and let's become limited partners at first. So as we're looking for our own property, our own deals, we decided let's try limited partnership. So we got into our first syndication and that created more cash flow and a tax advantage. So it was like, where else can I get a cash flow and a tax advantage? So it was a no-brainer. So it was like we were addicted. We were earning as we were learning. So we did that and then we ended up getting into a JV and then we we did some GP as also also. So we learned a couple of different aspects of the multifamily industry. But yes, our taxes definitely gave us, I guess, an advantage because it got us angry. And it was like, what else can I do to create income that I'm not exchanging my time for money? I'm making, and I'm making my money work for me. Yeah. So, Yeah. I think that tax advantage comes, I think, as a wonderful, nice surprise to many first-time real estate investors. You know, you can talk about it, but until you actually experience it and you look at that tax return that first year and it's like, Wow, what a difference this makes. Tell us about that first venture into, you said from the limited partnership, you went into a JV. So what was that about? How did you get into that? And what was the deal? Oh, okay. So the JV was a partnership that we, we met through our the community that we're a part of. So we, you know, it's about building relationships. The real estate business is a relationship business. So we built relationships with people. And so we got into this amazing deal in Greensboro, North Carolina. And so, you know, our friends that we've met asked mm-hmm. us, would you like to be a part of this? And we said, absolutely. It was an amazing deal that I think people shied away from. Because they didn't want, it was a fractured condominium and they didn't want to be a part of, and no one really wants to be a part of that. So it was the property that I think people shied away from because it was a fractured condominium mm-hmm. development. And this development was a uh, 36 units, but 32 of them were owned by the owner. So the HOA was. The owner controlled the HOA, which is a great thing. So we uh, partnered with this. It's doing amazing. We now own 34 out of 36. And it's such a hot market. And there's such a great growth there, population mm-hmm. growth. That means we have waiting lists for this property. So it's really, we're really blessed to be a mm-hmm. part of it. We'll be right back after a brief announcement. Are you a busy professional, passionate about the work of your calling, yet realize that even though you love what you are doing, you're exchanging your time for money? You know that if you were to lose the ability to exchange time for money, your financial well-being will be in jeopardy. If you can relate, I have great news. Steve Talker Capital is an investment company designed for professionals to develop financial independence built on solid, passive real estate investments. Remove the anxiety of an uncertain financial future and go to steedtalker.com. Get your free one-page 10-step guide to passive real estate investing. So now it is, it's 100% rental or are some of them still condos? It's 34 to 36, all rentals, two people own individually own them. So, you know, the plan is to eventually try to acquire those as well. Okay. So when was this? We closed on this in March of 2021. Oh, okay. So it's really recently then. Yeah. But yes, lots of growth there. So lots of, lots and lots of potential there. 
So that was your first venture into commercial real estate. What was the next step? We continued to do a little bit of LPing, and then we did some GP to help out some friends and family get into deals themselves. So, and they're happy, and they're 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 you know loving the cash flow and the passive income, and not having to deal with tenants. So that's that was another venture that we got into. Yeah. Where was where is that? That one's in Columbus, Ohio. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you're investing all over the country. Yeah. How is it that you manage to live in New York and you're investing in North Carolina and Ohio? How do you navigate all that? How do you manage all that? The reason why we do invest out of New York is because there's other states out there that are landlord friendly. And so North Carolina is a landlord friendly state and so is Ohio. So when we do invest, we like to invest in those types of areas. It's a lot easier to do business in those areas. So that's the reason why we do that and not in New York. And the, the way it's managed is when as being an LP, it's managed by the sponsor group. So we don't have to do anything. We just basically, they call it mailbox money. So they were direct deposit money, which is it's what we're doing now, which is just amazing. So they're responsible. The sponsor team is responsible for whether they're hiring the management company or they are, are, are managing it themselves. So we're not doing anything for that. But as far as the JV is concerned, we have a management company that does it for us. How did you locate this property in North Carolina? Well, one of my partners located it. We did not locate it. I, like I said, I was blessed to be a part of it, but one of our partners did lo- locate it there. Oh, okay. And I think it was on LoopNet, if I wasn't, if I'm not mistaken. Really? Yeah. It like <laughs> it like died there for a bit. Well, not too many deals are found on LoopNet, but I guess there are some to, there to are be some. found there. Yeah. A place, I guess, to pay attention to. Tell us about a major setback in your life. What was that? How did you come through it? And what was the lesson that you learned from that? It took me a little bit to get over this. I want to say probably when we bought our place in Florida, that was a time where people were buying. It was a hot market. People were buying. They were overpaying. They were also giving mortgages to anyone. But no one knew that at the time. It wasn't until the mortgage crisis occurred in 2008 that everyone started to recognize what was happening. And so at that point, you know, we had this place in Florida and people didn't want to be there. Like people were walking away from their properties, including the area we were in. So I took it as a major setback only because I didn't continue to look for real estate. That was a time to continue to look for real estate. They say when there's blood in the streets to, you know, get greedy and get out there and start looking, but we didn't. Because it was just that was a setback for us. That was one that we had a limiting belief that this is this is never going to end. And you know, I, I'm going to get in trouble again. I'm going to get burned. But we all see what happened, and it, it's uh, it has cycles. Real estate has cycles. So if you could understand that, and as we educate ourselves more, we recognize that. And I noticed that that was a setback because I could have had a lot more. Uh, I could have probably bought more property down there for a discount. And made out. But you know what? We learned from everything. So if that was a setback, I definitely had a lot of lessons from it. Yeah, you were. This was your first venture. And you bought just at the end of that or at the top of that cycle. And so everything crashed. And here you're holding this property that whose value is less than your mortgage. Correct. 
And that must have been very frightening um, at the time. Yeah. And without having had further education in that, you were just incidentally, it ended up being a rental for you later. I can see why that would be very frightening at that particular time. But at least you at least you held on to it. I expect there were temptations to let go of it and just get out of it. Never. But you didn't do that. There never was no no never. I was not letting go. I, I knew real estate would go up eventually. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of taking uh, of being patient, mm-hmm. right? Real estate, you have to have patience with it. But it was also about being creative. You have to problem solve with it. So if it's not going to cash flow, what are you going to do? What levers are you going to pull? Because real estate definitely has great levers you can pull. Yeah, but I find it's difficult at those times to open your mind to possibilities and to creativity. When the world is crashing down, that's, that's when we're our least creative. But you made it through. So good. good. Congratulations on that. Thank you. Well, now in your current life, what is it that you feel most grateful for? Oh, I'm grateful every day. I'm just grateful to be able to get up every morning, you know, raise my children, see them grow to become great young lady and young, young man, grateful for my husband, just my family in general. I, I, you know, it's, yeah, I'm grateful to be here. That's for sure. Well, wonderful. Well, in my positive psychology class, there's an exercise I have all of my students do, and it's called the three good things. And uh, so they have to have a journal of three good things and find three good things in every 24 hours. So what are the three good things in your last 24 hours? Three good things in my last 24 hours are I got to wake up this morning and go to work, right? Mm-hmm. I got to pick up the phone and speak to my children here. Their voices are both away at college. So that is just, you know, an amazing thing to be able to hear them. And last 24 hours, if we could push it back a little bit, I got to see my daughter this weekend. So okay. uh, while she was away at college. So that was really a great feeling to see her after a couple of months. Yeah, I bet it was. Well, how are you putting your success as an investor and entrepreneur to work to help to create universal well-being and abundance for all beings? Yeah. So, you know, doing this, I feel that I want to be able to empower not only myself, but to empower my children. My children are at an age now that they're trying to figure out their life. And if I can empower them to recognize and also others to recognize that you can't just rely on one source of income. You know, you, you should really think about having multiple sources of income um, in order to create a life by design without having, you know, and then also understanding financial education. That's my goal is to empower my children, empower others. And then once you can do that, you can help, they can help empower even the next generation to come. So. And, and leave a legacy. That's for sure. Well, I have one more question before we go to that. Tell our viewers and listeners how to get in touch with you. Yeah, they could visit me on our website, NavuPartners.com. When they do visit, they can also get a free uh, multifamily passive investor uh, guide. Um, and they could also visit me on LinkedIn, Francesca Apostolo, or on Instagram, Francesca Apostolo. Well, excellent. Well, for our last question, imagine you've come to the end of your life. And as you look back on your life, what are you most 
grateful for and what are you most at peace with? What I'm most grateful for is that I've raised two beautiful children that are empathetic. They are caring individuals. And I hope that they recognize that their mom is trying to help them create a life for them for, by design for themselves and to leave them a legacy. And I hope that they they don't recognize what the legacy is. Well, Francesca, thank you so much for being on the show. It's been a pleasure visiting with you today. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you being here. Thank you for tuning in to Real Estate Investing Abundance, brought to you by Steed Talker Capital, a company working for passionate professionals like you to develop financial independence built on solid, passive real estate investments. As part of our efforts to make the world a better place, Steed Talker Capital contributes to activities and organizations committed to better understand the equine. These endeavors attempt to enhance the human treatment of horses worldwide. Steed Talker Capital, working for a world where all creatures, great and small, flourish abundantly. For resources to develop your financial independence, connect with us at steedtalker.com.